Hello and welcome to episode 221 of the Spruz and Bruce podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Jay. Hello. And that's it. Uh, we've got no Matt or Andy again. We've been abandoned once more, Jay. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know, Dave. I don't know. I know what's going on. I know what's going on. Life. <laughs> Work. Yeah, life. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that's that's totally the reason. Um, so, so yeah, just me and Jay um, for this particular podcast. However, later on in the show, we do have an exclusive interview with George from Free Sales Studios about a brand new rank and file war game that's coming to GameFound. So we'll chat about that a little bit later on in the podcast. Also on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about our top three hobby achievements. Now, this has been a little bit inspired, no spoilers at this point, by something you've managed to do pretty recently, Jay, which I'm going to take a guess is going to appear on your top three, all very secretive. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, we've got all the latest news as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we should really get cracking with our, our, our first section, which we always open with, and that's our hobby update. So... What's been keeping you busy on your painting desk since the last podcast, Jay? So, I think the last podcast we had was prior to the Horus Heresy from Skulls event. Um, and I was still frantically painting Blood Angels. Um, so, if I recall correctly, I was working on my Legion Herald. I was working on my Sakara and Omega. I had a unit of Offenim Court, which are like a Blood Angels HQ retinue type unit. Um, that I was converted up in painting. Um, and then obviously the finishing touches on the Primark Sanguinis himself, ready for the Throne of Skulls tournament. So it, it was um, it was a, a lot to, to paint. I really enjoyed painting them. Um, and I got all those done and, and taken to the event. So that, that was on the painting side, um, just, you know, after our last podcast leading up to the Throne of Skulls, which was not this weekend, like the weekend before last. Um, since then... My focus is now turned to other projects. Um, I'm working on some Ultramarines because I want to take the Ultramarines to the um, 40k doubles event. Uh, not doubles, team event, isn't it? That we're going mm, to in October. Yeah, yeah. So I want to, I've got a big collection of Ultramarines. I want to um, play around with the, um, the um, obviously we've got the Space Marine Index with mm -hmm. the, is it the Gladius detachment. Uh, I've not put together a 40k list yet, so I just want to have a look through the app and, you know, I've got an idea of what I want my list to look like. I, I, I want to apply a few finishing touches to uh, Repulsor that I've got um, and an Impulsor um, as well. Um, and then it's, there's two other things really. Um, one is Old World and Dwarfs. So I've got all <laughs> these metal dwarves in front of me. I've cleared my hobby desk now with all the um, Blood Angels paints, you know, all the reds <laughs> and things. And I've got it now set up. I, I want to start cracking on the old world warhammer dwarf army so i've got a load of the old um, metal sculpts like the iron breakers the long beards the slayers that kind of thing i've stripped them all back and um, because some of them had some really old paint jobs on them from years mm. ago uh, and i'm going to rebuild that and get that army going again i need to play around with some color schemes i'm i'm thinking about uh, i've got to test this out but i'm thinking about base coating because obviously the dwarfs it's basically plate armor and beards really that's what yeah. the dwarf model is i'm thinking of spraying them uh, giving them a brown base coat like a rhinox hide base coat okay um and then dry brushing on some of the metals and building up the metals that way i don't know yet whether it's going to work or not in my head it, it it looks like it might look <laughs> quite cool but i need to try it out before i you know apply it to an entire army um and then the other thing that i've been doing as well this last week 
and I haven't committed yet, but I've been watching some videos about Star Wars Shatterpoint. Ooh, okay. Um, and I'm very tempted to pick up the corset because it's it's quite a cool corset because you get you get like four sort of war bands and there's two two war bands on each side if you know what I mean and then you get a lot mm-hmm. of scenery. Um, there's some really cool sort of tutorial videos online and the combat looks really really cool. It's like momentum and tug of war type system. Um, and I am getting very very tempted. Um, I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to resist. <laughs> so so yeah, I've just been like watching loads of that stuff uh that's pretty much me for the hobby update i think dave you've, you've been quite busy i i too have been looking at star wars shatterpoint because i mean i've had the marvel crisis protocol core box sat waiting for me to do some work so that should that alone should tell me not to even think about getting <clears throat> star wars because i've done nothing it's with the that. same devs isn't it? it's the same team it is yeah, yeah that's why i was looking at star wars and it, it looks really really cool so yeah i've been tempted myself it's probably only going to take you and matt to get into it and i'll we might have to try it out, Dave. We might have to try it. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that core set looks like a really, really cool intro into it as well. Like, the scenery, the terrain you get in there is really cool. I think you get, like, eight models on each side or something like that. There's, there's um, uh, I can't remember who it is now. Is it Anakin and Ahsoka? And then on the other side, it's Darth Maul and some assassin or something. There's nice. a couple of Mandalorians in there as well. I know you like your bounty hunters. I do love my bounty hunters. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out myself. Um, I know the Marvel rules are free to download. Is that the same for this one? Do we know? Maybe? Um, I think sure. it might be, you know. I think it might be, yeah. I'll have to have a look. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that's very cool. Uh, and hopefully, actually, you're talking about doing your Space Marines. I know they've started previewing the some of the detachment rules on Warcom, and yeah. that's usually a telltale sign that the codex um, will be dropping soon. So hopefully that'll be um, in our hands before the, the event, tournament. Yeah. So you might have a bit more, um, you know, more choice on how you want to build your army. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have to get some games in, Jake. So I think it's a while since you played 40 Yeah, well, I haven't, I haven't played 10th edition yet. So I definitely do need to get some games in before. You, the ain't, you ain't played 10th edition. You seen Bad Boys 2. I haven't, um, I'm going to be letting the team down. I know um, we've got a, 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 a a new member joining the team this time, aren't we, Stacey? And she's um, she's using uh, the Craftworld Eldar, so um, she's using my uh, LA Top Force. Um, by all accounts, she's been smashing Matt with that force <laughs> in, in their practice games. Um, so I think I think Stacey's really going to be carrying us in this event, and I, I don't really <laughs> want to let the team down, you know. Well, yeah, we'll have to get some games in. Um, I've I've also been quite busy maybe not quite as busy as that but what's really been taking up my time which i can now talk about are the new orux the new iron jaws for age of sigma oh jay oh these kits they are amazing um such nice kits to build i managed to paint the odd boy boss in time for the deadline um who also featured on warhammer community as well which i was super proud of yeah really cool um the pig yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the pig, the tusk boss, was an absolute joy to put together. Like, I, I know we say it every time a new kit comes out, but it just feels like they're making building these things easier. For the most part, um, because I did come to build a brute rager, and it did, there was a particular part which actually nearly sent me into a rage. Um, <laughs> it had you, like, put in the front of the body, and then there's a little bit where his neck goes. That he wanted you to glue those two parts together first. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't get it to sit right. And in the end, when you kind of build up the rest of the body, you can just add it last. I, I don't know why. There's no reason for you to have to glue those two parts together first. 
so I'm not going to be building the rest of them. Like, I'll be building the bodies up and then putting that bit on last. I did, didn't understand that at all. Um, but the rest of the kits I had absolutely no problems with. Um, they are very, very cool. We've got unboxing videos and reviews over on the website. I'll probably put the link in the podcast notes. Um, so they've been keeping me quite busy. I'm really excited to have a game. I know Matt's, um, Matt equally actually was painting uh, Trug, the new Trog. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. who's an incredible model. So I think we're hoping to have a bit of a destruction versus destruction game at some point in the near future to try out the new Angels units. And um, Matt can then try out uh, a Trog army led by Trug himself. Again, unboxing video over on YouTube. Um, outside of Age of Sigma, I also have an eye on the team tournament that's coming up. So I'm frantically trying to finish what feels like I've been painting forever. Um, my Shadow Sword. Um, it's only oh, because I'm not... For the Imperial yeah. Guard. I've only been putting little bits of time into it. It feels like I've been painting it forever, but it's only because I've not really been able to put much time into it. But it is nearly there. It's nearly a transfer stage. Um, and um, I've been sort of playing around with lists, and obviously the points have come down for the guard as well. So I could fit a few extra units in. Um, and I've actually dug out my Gaunt's Ghosts, which I hadn't built yet, because apparently they are amazing. And looking at their rules especially for secondaries, they could be a really interesting take. So I need to find time to, to build them and paint are they, those. They're plastic. Are they plastic, the Gorn's They're Ghost? plastic, yeah. yeah Gorn's Ghosts are plastic. Are they really need Kill Team rules. Really, yeah. really need Kill Team. would be ace for the Gorn's Ghost, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to building those. I am also working on something else, but I can't sadly tell anybody about that. But um, that's, that's equally cool, and I'm sure I'll be able to talk about it on the next podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been fairly fairly busy over here as well. I think, however, that brings this first segment to a close. We've got plenty to get through, so we'll be right back with all the latest news. So what do we have in this week's news? And there's there's quite a bit of really cool stuff, actually. And um, we're going to start in the Age of Sigmar, or more specifically, Warcry, because there was a brand new Warcry warband revealed. Um, and these are some good guys. I think we've always said on the podcast we wanted to see more um, non-chaos factions in Warcry. Yeah. And we are gradually getting those, aren't we? But this week we saw a very, very cool one in the Fire Slayers. Ah, these are some really cool models, Jay. Yeah, what are they? The the, the Vulcan Flame Seekers. They are, yes. Uh, yeah, and you've got a combination here of of sort of your your traditional sort of Fire Slayer sort of aesthetic. However, there are some female Fire Slayers in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like what I really like about this kit is we got some really cool sort of um, sets of armor. Like yeah. the, the female ones are wearing, wearing some really cool breastplates and helmets, mm. um, and then um, you've also got some really ornate shoulder pads on a couple of models and like pauldrons, uh, and even I think there's a guy wearing like like almost like a fire drake cloak or something like that, a dwarf yeah. sort of guy. With um, is that the guy with like the eggs on either side of him with a massive whip? Uh, no, not that one. So that one's pretty cool. I wonder about the oh. one he's, with the two axes, and it looks like the axes, yes. the axe blades themselves, are made out of like the teeth of. A, I'm assuming some Magradroth or some other yes. beast from the realm of uh, Akshi. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> how <laughs> did you forget? You get the baby Magradroth as well. The Kindle Drop. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I, this could be one of my Warcry warbands. I think. Well, I, you uh, attempted my really Fire Slayers previously, and you it, painted the Fire Slayer quite recently. 
Uh, and this does look like a good sort of expansion to your fledgling yeah. Fire Slayer Force, well, doesn't it? I actually really enjoy painting that Fire Slayer. I think it's one of the best models I've painted this year. So, yeah, yeah. I might have to extend that out into a, a Warcry Warband. Um, yeah, these are very, very, um, very, very cool, especially that little baby Magma Droth. He's so cute. Yeah, I, um, I like I like all of the... Um, I mean, even though they are just dwarfs with Slayer hairdos, Slayer beards and axes, I do think they all look quite different from the current Age of Sigma Fire Slayer range. I do yeah. like them. Yeah, you're right. They feel like they're, they're full of character, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're very, very, very cool. Um, our second bit of news, um, we're going to turn to the Heresy because there are now rules for corrupted knights in your games of heresy. Um, I don't know if you've ever been tempted to take knights. I know you've got quite a few armies <sighs> for heresy, Jay. Yeah, so, I mean, I love the knight models. I love the um, uh, the Serestus ones. Is it the, um, you got the Lancer and the, is it, I think it's the Castigator with the um, sword yeah. and, and Gatling cannon. I really like those models, but I've never been tempted to build a knight army. Um, maybe including a knight in a game might be quite cool, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, these are um, these are this is um, so at the Horus Heresy. You have all like the the rules in the Liber tomes, don't you? In the books, um, yes. but then they have this sort of core and expanded rule system, and they release expanded rules as PDF on the Warhammer Community website, and that's what this is. So it's a free download. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you can download it right now. So all the rules you'll need to uh, to run a corrupted knight army. I guess that's where you got, you got your rules for your off. How do you pronounce them? The Offalum Court that way as well, didn't you? The Offalum Court for Blood Angels. Yeah, they do. There's there's a whole load of expanded um, unit. Uh, you know, perfectly legal in games and tournaments and things like this. Um, and it's just a really really cool way of releasing additional content for the game. But uh, mm. so yeah, this this sort of um, PDF that you can download. It, it's got the rules for the um, traitor knights in there. I think there's also a, a mission in there, or you know, a special um, scenario you can play through as well um and then i should expect from like a chaos sort of um <laughs> uh, uh set of rules there's like dark blessings and gifts you can give to your different knights um with different points values i think there's like some psychic weapon type things in there and nothing i'd dabble with <laughs> something i'm definitely tempted to add to my word bearers however Oh, it would be ace with a word bearer force, yeah, yeah like the corrupted yeah. knights. And I think as well, I mean, I've not had a re read through the rules yet. I think it's something Matt would probably be more interested in. But I wonder whether there's some sort of inspiration there potential for some really cool conversions as well for some traitor knights. Obviously, we've got be. the new plastic um, Serastus chassis now. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what people do with that to represent some of these gifts and, and sort of like dark blessings and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been a new deal struck up with Warhammer that's been revealed this week, which I think is going to mean some very, very expensive new statues. Now, I apologise if I absolutely butcher the name, but I believe it's pronounced Weta Workshop. Yeah, I think Weta Workshop's right. So they, they do like all of the... Well, they've been heavily involved that, that I first learned of them from the Lord of the Rings and the the, the um, Middle Earth because uh, I think didn't they work on a lot of the props and and they did and they also and did quite a bit for Halo as well. Right. Um, but they are working in conjunction with Warhammer to create some new one to six scale premium statues. Um, now, there's no images. There's a, there's a nice video on Warhammer community of them talking to like some of the um the, the kind of artists and creative heads and um, behind the studio and sort of talking about how excited they are about the project and um, no pictures of any statues or anything yet but i mean based on what these guys can put out 
these are going to be some absolutely fantastic, if pricey, um, hobby statues, aren't they, Jay? Yeah, I'm really excited to see to see what's going to be on offer because, like you say, they're going to be very, very high quality. I would imagine, um, yeah. and I think you know, I think you know, potentially they might be quite pricey, but I think they might be a really cool sort of display piece for you, you know, alongside your armies. I mean, I've got some shelves behind me and some cabinets with my painted armies in, but I also do quite like collecting statues and figures and models like that. I remember there used to be a, I'm sure there was a Gilliman model at one point, but it obviously, well, I don't think it was Weta Workshop, but I can't remember which company produced that. And then you've got as well, is it the Joy, Joy, um, Joy, Joy Con. Joy Con. Yeah. The, the figures that they produce there mm. as well, they're quite cool. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, with quite a few different people, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, I, I'm interested to learn more. Did they, did they have any dates for when we may start seeing some of this, or was it just an no. announcement? Just we'll have more details as soon as they come in, so stay okay. tuned and start making some space and display oh, shelves. So, what would you like to see then? What what would be the first statue that <sighs> you'd like to see? What would I like to see? I would like to see a statue of an Inquisitor, probably. Yeah, Inquisitor would be cool. Um, what statue would I like to see? Hmm. Sanguinius? Hmm. Oh, Sanguinius would be cool, yeah. Sanguinius, I don't know. I, I mean, I think a regular space moon might be quite cool, just like an intercessor. Or a Terminator, no, a Terminator. Yeah, that would be very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to sort of keep our eye on Warcom to see what you know what, what's going to come out of that agreement. Um. We're going to move on to quite a big, I mean, we're going to touch upon it in the news. Um, if we had Matt around, we'd probably take a bit of a deeper dive into this, but um, it's been online for a few days now. And that is a brand new battle scroll for the Age of Sigma. Um, now, this has got a fair number of points changes, I think it's safe to say. Um, but it's also introduced a few sort of new and amended rules. I know for me, as a Skaven player, um, I'm very happy to see that you no longer have to have rats around your great furnaces or the um, the screaming bell anymore. They, they can move on their own. You don't have to make sure you have 10 rats around them to move it, which is great. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're magic anyway, aren't they? So they should be able to move without a load of rats being surrounded by it. Um, and obviously some of the sort of struggling armies like the Stonecast, the Magikin on a like competitive level, have had things like new battle um, tactics given to them to try and you know increase their sort of win percentage. Have you managed to have any sort of a bit of a look at this, Jay? Or I know I you've not played I, as much Sigma recently. I haven't. No, I haven't really got into Age Sigma Third Edition at all, really. And it, it's my own fault. I've just been busy with Horus Heresy really this last year. Um, the Dawnbreaker stuff that I've been seeing, and of, of course all the model releases. They are quite exciting, and like the Iron Jaws stuff, that free Battle Tome expansion, and mm. the, the 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 kits that have been released alongside it, it uh, you know, it's like, well, they're really really cool. Um, I, I think I'm holding out for for a new range of elves, I you know, Kenoffi yeah. or or the Dark Elves from Alarian, something like that, I, I, to really sort of get my, um, uh, you know. Uh, creative sort of juices flowing again and uh, to motivate me to get back into the system i don't know i i wonder whether when i mean when fourth edition it's going to be on the horizon hasn't that i would have thought there's only a battle tome or two left to release for third edition yeah dawnbringer definitely feels like the kind of big as as games workshop always do a big end of Mm. uh, edition narrative that's going to lead into a new edition of the game so yeah i think 
come next summer, we're probably going to be talking about a new edition of Age of Sigmar, which will hopefully get you back on board, Jay. Yeah, because I mean, I, I and this is what's weird about Age of Sigmar is, um, like, I, I haven't played it for a long time, but then when I do play it, I have a really good time with it. Um, yeah. I just think I've just been distracted by other projects and other systems yeah, recently. Me, me and Matt have had some absolutely great games of Age of Sigma over the last few months. In particular, I remember his Corn versus my Soul Black Grave Lords. That was a, a super close that, game. All that the was really fun. All the blood first against all the zombies. Um, great mismatch, but uh, a really, <laughs> a really close game. So yeah, quite a few changes here. Like I say, a lot sort of points wise. I know, you know, looking at Facebook groups, I mean, quite a few of them. The Soul Blight players feel a little bit hard done to because they've had some pretty hefty um, price increases, but it's because their army was doing so well. So anyway, it's always good to see Games Workshop actively kind of making these changes, kind of, you know, balance out the armies as best as they can. Um, So yeah, that's available to download now from the um, Warhammer community website. Um, A couple of little bits of video game news. Um, Realms of Ruin, the Age of Sigmar strategy game that's coming out from Developers Frontier, uh, has now got a release date, uh, November the 17th, so not very long at all. Now, this looks awesome. It it really gives me kind of classic strategy game vibes, so I'm actually looking forward to it. it Yeah, when I look at because I didn't get a chance to play the beta, because I think there was a beta recently for it, Um, but I've watched some videos of it, and it, it, it... to me, it has the same sort of uh, draw as like Dawn of War for 40k. Yeah. So it's a, it's a real-time strategy. Um, so obviously, you know, you've got like the Warhammer Total War games and things like this, but they're more grand strategies, aren't they? Mm. Bigger battles. This looks like a bit more easy to pick up and play. Um, I think we're in for a treat, really, with Warhammer games over the next few months, because I think, is it Rogue Trader? Yeah. Is on the horizon, which looks like a really, really cool sort of RPG game. Um, I know there is a big Dark Tide update coming in the next few weeks, and I think it's coming to consoles properly as well in October. Mm. Um, so Dark Tide is like the first person, um, first person shooter, like Vermintide, but but in the 40k universe. And I've had great fun playing that on the PC, but it'd be great to see that come to the console. Um, and then, of course, the, the one that I'm really really excited for is um, Space Marine Two. Yes. That looks epic. Yeah, I'm sure that's this year as well. So, you know, yeah. could even be the uh, But Rogue Trader currently has um, has now got a release date, sorry, of the 7th of December. And like Jay said, that it looks really, really cool. Um, it kind of gave me a little bit of um, XCOM. Realms kind of, of Ruin, not but... Rogue Trader. Realms of Ru- Oh, it's Rogue Trader as well. That's got a release date as well, is it? Yeah, Rogue Trader is out on uh, December the 7th. So oh, nice. Realm oh, cool. of Ruin is uh, November the 17th. Rogue Trader is December the 7th. Cool. Um, so two very good games on the horizon. We're going to switch our focus back to Heresy. And this may not be a model that you'll rush out and get, Jay, because um, of all the Heresy well, armies you've got, they're all loyalists. You say that, Dave. You say that. Oh. 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 Well, this week on Warcom, um, they've revealed a slick traitor console champion. I've said that in the wrong order. Traitor champion console. Um, this guy looks absolutely epic. I mean, I like the um, the loyalist one. I think they announced that last week, didn't they? The no, the loyalist one has been available for a while. Um, so you, you can pick that up now. Yeah, like the um, it's painted as a um, uh, Templar brethren type Imperial Fist sort of champion color scheme. Uh, that yes. same sort of style armor. Really, really nice model. Um, this one is. They say it's a traitor one, and it definitely has some spikes on it. Um, and I think it has like an eye of Horus on like the belt mm. wearing Mark III armor. So obviously, um, we've got the new Mark III Space Marines 
on the way for Horus mm-hmm. Heresy that were um, revealed at, uh, what was it? Was it the last preview? It was the last preview with Fulgrim, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, so this this champion here is sort of armoured in the same sort of style, but a bit more heavily armoured. And what I really like about this is like the backpack's got plates over the exhaust vents. Um, yes, he's got some extra yeah. panels on his armour. He's wielding a sword and a Volkite pistol, I believe. Mm. Um, you've got a helmeted version, and I think there's an unhelm. Yeah, like a semi-half-helmed version as well. Yeah. Um, it is a traitor champion. Uh, and the, the one they've got on the website is painted up as the Sons of Horus. But I reckon it wouldn't take too much to convert this <laughs> into... I think you just have to sort of shave that eye of, the, the eye of Horus bit. Oh, it's not quite the eye of Horus, but it's like a, you know, it's like an evil-looking eye on his belt. I think that's the only bit, really, that... You know, I think this would make a great Iron Hands or Ultramarine or um, maybe even like an Imperial Fist sort of Praetor yeah. or Centaurian type model. You're not wrong actually looking at him again. Yeah, it's probably just that, that eye on his belt. I think he's also got it on his hands as well. But uh, that's Yeah, I mean his, his helmet looks a bit mean looking, but I mean you could swap that out as well I think. Yeah. But either way, it's great to see the sort of obviously you've got two options now for your champion. You know, you've got the, obviously the, the, the loyalist one is very, very loyalist looking. Although you maybe could use it for an Emperor's Children one perhaps. But I think this one like a white scar or an iron hand, I think he'd look fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's very cool. I'll definitely be picking one up for my word bearers. I was really impressed when I saw that model. Yeah. Um, again, no idea when he's coming out, but I'm sure it'll be very, very soon. They don't tend to have to wait long for these things. No. Um, there was one other reveal this week that we need to touch upon, uh, and this got your interest because it's the latest Warhammer Day miniature. So every year, around the 14th of October, they celebrate Warhammer Day, um, which is um, this year. It's actually the 40th anniversary of Warhammer as well. Um, but they are releasing a exclusive model for the Leagues of Votan, and it's an alternative build, build of the Iron Here champion. Um, she's kind of got a shield and a hammer... Like- at rest. At rest, yeah, with like a really impressive stag yeah. looming over a sort of looming over a headpiece. I don't collect the leagues of Votan. I've been very tempted, and this is probably going to be the first model I pick up for them. Yeah, uh, she, I, mean, I say she, so that so that y- y- you get three different head options. So there's there's the female head. There's an enclosed helmet. I, I mean, it looks to me like it's a male head, but I, it could be female. You can never tell with dwarfs. Um, and then the fully enclosed helm as well. So, um, and she's sort of standing, like you say, just leaning on a shield with a um, hammer. I think it's a mass hammer um, at rest. And yeah, that stag sort of um, um, crest over her arm is really, really cool. The um, the exosuits for the Leagues of Otan are really, really smart looking as well. And uh, mm. yeah, it is a really, really cool. I'm so glad they're getting a new model as well, Leagues of Otan, because they don't have that many models, really. They haven't got a massive range yet, so... No, not yet. I mean, could, this could have just as easily been a, another Primaris Lieutenant, couldn't it? But it's it not, so... Yeah, very really, impressive really cool. Um And I think that's a great way to finish off um, this week's news. I think we've we've covered everything there. Um, so I think it's time to um, sit down and have a chat to George from Free Sale Studios about a certain game called Margrave. So we'll be right back. And so on to our main segment of this week's podcast. And today I'm chatting to George from Free Sale Studios. Hello, George. 
Hello, Dave. How you doing, man? It's good. Really, really good to be here. I am a long time listener, first time caller, and uh, I'm, I'm privileged to be here with you. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's a joy to have you on because you're here talking to us um, about a new game that you're uh, mm-hmm. playing a massive part of, um, which we're going to come to in a moment. Um, okay. But before we before we get stuck into the nitty gritty of the game and, <laughs> and, and, and your studios, let's talk about you, um, because you know, I'm going to guess you're a bit of a geek. So how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, I am a long time, uh, long time miniature war gamer, long time gamer of all kinds. Um, my name's George. I'm the studio lead at Three Cell Studios, which I set up legally a few months ago, but it's been running for <laughs> a good while now. Um, I'm the designer for Margrave the March of Lords, which is one of the things we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. I am a PhD in American studies. Uh, I live mm-hmm. here in Manchester, been in Manchester for seven years now, but I'm an Essex boy at heart, like born and bred, <laughs> born and bred Essex boy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've been, I mean, I started, I suppose I got my start in gaming, like basically all of us got our start in gaming, which was staring lovingly through Games Workshop's window, particularly <laughs> in their, their Chelmsford store back in Essex. I grew up in, I grew up in Chelmsford and around that area. So I, I remember staring through their store and not never, ever being able to afford anything. And then just like mm. a little bit like that scene in um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where he's like yeah. pressed up against the glass and they get swept into the gutter. That was well, basically I, me. I, I've been there. I mean, m- myself and, and Jay, um, fellow Spruce and Brewer, I think our first game of Warhammer, I don't know if you remember the old issues of White Dwarf, where they used to have the battle reports and they used to be images. Oh, yes. With yes. The, we used to cut out the little symbols for the different units and, and play with those that was you know quite a bit of time before we could actually afford anything oh man why didn't i think of that that was that was very (laughs) inventive i didn't think i didn't think of that at all but yeah so my my first ever box was um was a box of bretonian bowman um and i have always and so i i always had a soft spot for fantasy i you know i played a bit of 40k um, I remember my, you know, one of my first experiences of playing 40k was the day whenever, whenever they, whenever it was they launched the Tau as a new faction. I remember going oh, down yeah. to the shop that day, and everyone got to take part in a big participation game, and I really enjoyed that. But yeah, I was primarily a fantasy player, and I played fantasy on and off. I mean, I, I just couldn't really afford it as a teenager. But then when mm-hmm. I went to, I went to uni at 21 and blew my entire student loan, first student loan payment on. Warhammer models, which was a terrible, terrible thing to do, but I did it. Um, and I so I played a lot of fantasy then. And then I felt I I sold I sold my I had a high elf army. Mm. I don't know why it was high elves, but I had high elves. Um, I sold that that army um during the the end times arc. And the very next week after I sold them, they were like, right, that's it, no more Warhammer fantasy. And I felt terrible for the guy that bought my stuff. Yeah, um, because they were just like, right, that's it, no more Warhammer fantasy. And so then I switched on to from there. I started getting really into historicals, okay. um, particularly World War Two. I got really, really into bolt action. Mm-hmm. Um, I I loved it. I was I, I was I was I'd moved around by that point. I was part of a couple of different local clubs. We played a lot of bolt action. I played some Napoleonics and stuff like that. And then you know I've kind of come in and out and then more recently right at the start of the pandemic I was just about to finish my PhD and I bought into a Song of Ice and Fire tabletop miniatures game and then a week later I started a YouTube channel about the game and then I ended up being the biggest dedicated a Song of Ice and Fire content creator my oh, wow. YouTube channel has like 5,000 something 5,600 subscribers or something and then Amazing. 
some would say stupidly, I was like, right, that's it. I'm not making a Song of Ice and Fire content anymore because, by the way, I've been designing my own game and <laughs> I've been doing that for like two years. And then I made the announcement to, on my YouTube channel. And um, that's that's where we are now, basically. I did, I made that announcement back in uh, back in April and I've been designing the game since, you know, I put pen to paper November 2021. Was it 2020? Mm. Yeah, November 2021, I put pen to paper. And then, you know, we're, we're launching in like two weeks time. It's two weeks. By the, the day we're recording this, it's two weeks tomorrow that we're, we're launching on GameFound. So it has been a journey. <laughs> uh, well, it, it absolutely sounds like it. Um, so I think that kind of progresses nicely onto um, to the studios itself, because I was doing yeah. a, a little bit of background research. And, and obviously, you, you, we're going to be talking about um, Margrave, but... It sounds like you've you've got a bit of a plan for the studios and that it's I'm trying to think of the right word to describe it, but it's multifaceted, I guess. So I, you design the game, exactly. but you've got a couple of different things that you've you've yeah, kind of got running as well. That's exactly the way that I would describe it. So initially speaking, my idea was was that I was gonna, you know, I, I wasn't I, I kind of always wanted to self-publish Margrave. I always wanted to, you know, I was I was in academia, I'd I'd finished my PhD and I was on kind of mm-hmm like uh fixed term contracts here in manchester and like i love teaching i absolutely adore it it's like one of my absolute passions in life and i loved getting to teach but academia is not a particularly hospitable uh field mm-hmm. at any time and it's it's mm. just it's really really tough to get by and my hours were going down and down and down and i'd started working on margrave pretty solidly when this was happening and i was just like right well you know what i'm gonna self-publish you know, I'm 33 now. I've been 33 for, you know, six months at this point. But, you know, by, the, by that time I was in my early 30s and I was just like, right, you know what? I've made, I've done, I've had a number of lives and it's time for a new one. And it's time <laughs> to lean into something I've always wanted to do. And I always, always wanted to design games. And I, I'd started doing that. I'd started designing Margrave. And I was like, well, you know what? Some, something needs to publish Margrave. And I already mm-hmm. had three say it was gaming as as a youtube channel and i was like well you know what i'm gonna start i'm gonna transition that into three cell studios um and the plan right from the start was actually that we were going to self-manufacture we were going to start manufacturing for ourselves using the sciocar system big reveal on this podcast that actually seems to be changing right now and it's a bit a, 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 it's a bit of a it's a uh, yeah this is it like literally i've had these conversations today i've had my head in a spreadsheet all day um after having talking with a manufacturer yesterday and this morning um so big reveal for this podcast it looks like we're actually going to be having someone else manufacture our game which means that we are able to focus on the design side of the of three cell studios on the publishing side you know i've i am a big dreamer and a big planner but i'm a realistic worker and a hard worker so mm-hmm. margrave is our flagship game it's our first game it's going to be our longest running game you know i've got a 20 year release schedule for Margrave already planned like some of it you know towards the end it's a little bit like this faction 10 is going to go here or whatever but you know it's planned these things are are already sketched out because if you don't go in with a plan in my mind you don't know what you're aiming for and the plans can change and you know they're malleable but you should know what you want and what I want is this to be a career for me and for my business partner Joel who is the artist for Margrave um, he is now the lead artist for Three Cell Studios. So anything we do, he defines the visual language for. I want to, you know, I want to be able to give people I love 
jobs and satisfying work and work that they want to do. And if I can do that, mm. like I'm not, you know, I'm not in this for any, any profit for myself. I want a job that pays me a, a relatively like not even a relatively comfortable income, just a basic income and, and can yeah. take care of the people around it and put a product out there or multiple products, ideally that people enjoy and love and get passionate about. So mm. that's, that's what we're doing with the studio. We, you know, the idea is, is that we're starting with Margrave. I'm already, I'm already kind of scoping out ideas for a Margrave skirmish game um, mm. for RPG projects as well. I'm kind of working in really, really early stages, working with another creative partner on an RPG that's not Margrave related. Okay. Um, and we are also going to be setting aside some of our income to run publishing competitions for underrepresented designers in the industry, just to give put to put our money where our mouth is and to be able to give money away to people who are designing games who normally find it more difficult to get into the industry. And the idea being is that we will hopefully will be able to fund some of these games to a small extent and then bring them to market ourselves. That's like I said, big dreamer, big plans, but that, hard working. <laughs> that that sounds that sounds incredible. Um, it almost sounds like you're gonna have kind of your your own games. You're gonna be a sort of a hopefully a big publisher in your own right of um, hopefully helping, like you say, other designers get their products out there. Um, I, I think we it's been mentioned quite a few times already. Margrave, I think you know a lot of our <laughs> listeners might be wondering, you know, what what is this game? I want, I want to what hear is what this it? Oh my about. god! What we've done, um, Davis, we've built we've built up that juice. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, people <laughs> are on the edge of the seats. So, in a nutshell, what is Margrave? What is Margrave? That's an incredible <laughs> question. So, Margrave is Margrave is my first game. It is the game I've always always wanted to make, and I'll put some context on that in just a little bit. But Margrave is a new rank and flank miniature war game. It's historically inspired fantasy, um, and but it it's massively massively mechanically inspired by strategy video gaming, particularly those kinds of real-time strategy games from like the 2000s and early 2000s and 2010. So like if you like Total War or if you like Dawn of War, there's a lot of war mentioned in this. If you like Company of <laughs> Heroes, um, if you like Command and Conquer, those kinds of games, you're going to get a real, real buzz out of Margrave. So Thanks. we have adaptable formations so our regiments you can change the formation of the regiment during the game Ooh. you can deploy in one formation change into another during the game if you know to put you into an attacking posture or a defensive posture our regiments can be promoted during the game using our spendable resource system so as you build your lists you generate two different types of spendable resource one of them is for, for our tech trees so each faction has its own 18 power tech tree we use that we represent those on cards in the game you unlock these as you go throughout the game you attach them to enemy units you attach them to your own in addition to that you're also promoting your regiments using our prowess system so yeah if you've played like any of those kinds of games you are going to get a proper buzz out of margrave and if you're kind of more of a traditional war gamer you're going to feel you're going to recognize all the kind of the core traditional rank and flank mechanics but it's so different it feels different in in a weird kind of way the game tastes different to other rank and flank games out there what we're doing i've added a whole load of new spices to the kind of traditional rank and flank 
um, structure and mechanics. And it feels, obviously, I would say this is a designer, but I'm taking this from other people who've played it. You know, we were at the mm-hmm. Games Expo earlier on this year and our play testers, et cetera, et cetera. It feels different. It feels unique. We had seasoned war games designers. I won't mention them. I won't mention the companies they were from. But when we were at the Games Expo in Birmingham in May, June, um, people were walking past and they're like, oh, what's this? And we were introducing it. And people were like, why haven't, why hasn't anyone done this before? <laughs> Which is great to hear yeah. as a designer. Like it's a big risk for you, you know, to try and put out, put that new stuff out there. And in a way, it's not new because it's coming from other games. Mm. But no one has made these com- these combinations before. But yet, it's the game that I've wanted to make since I was like eleven years old. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's that's what Margrave is. It's you know the the kind of what it says on the tin is it's rank and flank historically inspired miniatures game but with all those strategy video gaming mechanics added in to really change the experience up. That that sounds incredible. I mean, one of my questions is going to be, you know, because there are a few um, rank-and-file games out there. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, we've got the old world on the horizon. We've got Warhammer Fantasy in the past. We've got, I know, the the, the other guys are big fans of the Conquest um, yep. series yep. of games. Um, so one of my questions was going to be, what's going to set Margrave apart from those? Uh, and well, I think you've answered my question perfectly. There. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, you ticked all the right boxes regards to myself. I'm, I used to love playing the old Command Con games, um, yeah. Company of Heroes and stuff. Never really got good at Total War, I've got to be honest, but I still enjoyed what I thought I was doing just not very well ah, uh, man, you don't need you don't need to be good at something to enjoy it right i'm terrible absolutely. at most, most of these absolutely. things and i still i still love look, them so look i go to tournaments and i've got two wooden spoons so i'm there for the pure enjoyment um oh, you not, sound not exactly like one of our play testers exactly <laughs> like one of our play testers. <laughs> excellent well let's delve a bit deeper into margrave because um mm-hmm. what i'm particularly interested in um and whenever i look at a new game system um, I look at the miniatures and I look at the factions because you you know as good as the mechanics can be if there's not an army that 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 ticks the box for you then yeah. you're not really going to get that invested in it you know if you're not going to enjoy painting the miniatures if you're not going to enjoy the design of it then you know you're not going to really play it so what I should say you've got at least at launch it sounds like you you probably got more in the pipeline but at launch we're looking at three different factions aren't we we are three factions to start off with. Yeah. So faction. So we have the three launch factions and I'll give you the kind of, I'll give you who they are and, and what they're inspired by crucially as well. So we have the eternal conclave are our, so I'll start off with the bad guys. There are bad guys faction and they are inspired by, uh, they're inspired by the Spanish inquisition in the kind of 16th and 17th, well, the 17th and 18th centuries, but with mm. a good sprinkling of kind of like English folk horror in there as well. <laughs> so there's like, you know, you've got your witch hunters and you've got this kind of stuff, but you've also got penitents and monks and plague doctors and all this, all that good stuff. Um, so that's the Eternal Conclave. There are this, just, to, just to interrupt you a little bit, I, I didn't yeah. realize you the bad guys, but these are, these were my pick. So when I was looking at them, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of like witch hunters and th- that kind of aesthetic. So as soon as I saw those, I was like, I I think that's my faction. Um, in particular, um, I remember looking at your homepage earlier. There's like a priest holding a book, which was really really cool. Yeah, so um, that's um, he's one of our commanders. That's Father Emmanuel, the Holy. Book. Ah. So the, the Eternal Conclave are six. They're six holy orders. Right. Um, that uh, that that uh, that represent this conclave that run the control. They're they're the controllers of their faith. So he is the there's the order of the voice of which he is head. There's the order of the eye. So those are inquisitors. 
our inquisitors slash witch hunters. They look like witch hunters, but we call them inquisitors. That's the order of the eye. Then you've got the, uh, we revealed yesterday the scourge. Um, so these are penitents kind of lashing themselves and whipping out other people. You've got the order of the heart, which is our plague doctors. Uh, then you've got the order of the arm and the order of the ear. And these, those two haven't been, we haven't revealed any units from those yet. Those are kind of okay. coming further down the line. But yeah, there's six orders for the Eternal Conclave. And they are, they're proving very popular, um, mm. which is kind of, in, in a way, doesn't surprise me. I always expected them to be the most popular. <laughs> um, next up, you have, and I know I'm not supposed to have favorites, and they're not my favorite <laughs> necessarily from a gameplay perspective, but they're the one that I'm proudest of in terms of the design. Um, okay. are the, the Banner Clans. Now, the Banner Clans are Margrave's version of early Qing Dynasty China. So we're talking like the early 16th, early 16th century here. Now, I won't bore you. I, I, said, I said earlier, PhD in American studies with a specialism in history. I won't bore you with just how much <laughs> research I did into Manchurian social political structures, but I did a lot <laughs> of it. Um, so the Banner Clans are based on this period um, of, of Chinese history uh, called the, ba the, the, the Eight Banners period um, or the Eight Banner system. And it was a Manchurian social political system that ended up becoming essentially the, what the, the biggest, I think, I, I think I'm probably right in saying the biggest Chinese dynasty for, for basically ever. The Qing dynasty lasted from the 16th century all the way up until the, the late 19th, early 20th century. Um, and I, well, I, got, I kind of fell in love with this system. And so the banner clans for us are six clans. You will notice that six comes up quite a lot in Margrave because it's a convenient okay. number for our designs, uh, for mm -hmm. the way we design, or the, I say we, the way I design. Um, but yeah, so there's six clans. Two of them are Mongolian inspired. Two of them are Han, Han Chinese inspired. And two of them are Manchurian inspired. So we have the Eternal Sky Clan. We have, let's see if I can list them off all in one go without stopping. <laughs> we have the Eternal Sky Clan. We have the Golden Sun Clan. We have the Silver Rain Clan. We have the Falling Star Clan. We have the Deep Forest Clan. And we have the Sacred Mountain Clan. So that's all six. Excellent. Um, and we have revealed units from four. Yeah, four of the six, uh, four of the six clans have got units revealed either as launch units and or stretch goals. Um, so they're the banner clans. They're my favorite from a design perspective. And then finally, we have the Helicon League. Um, the Helicon League are our version of like the second century BCE Hellenistic period. It's a very, very popular period in history for a lot of reasons. For me, I wanted to have uh, Myrmidons and I wanted to have Hoplites that looked like Spartans. And so I designed the Helicon League. Um, so the Helicon League is three major cities and seven minor cities. Um, and they've come together after a period of conflict into a unified whole, and they now work together to kind of. Um, and this is this is starting to get into the kind of broader lore of the game, but they're uh, they're now working together to kind of find a new home um, after this big uh, environmental slash magical cataclysm that affected the entire world that we call the Grave Tide. This affected all three factions, and they're now okay. moving forward. What has happened in the world of the game is that this Grave Tide cataclysm has happened about a thousand years before and it's affected all of the factions in different ways and each of them explains it in a different way so for the helicon league the sun has gone out and so that must mean that the god of the sun god has been killed for the eternal conclave who revel in darkness and fire the sun has gone out and that's a that's a uh, vindication for their holy mission for the banner clans 
the the stars have frozen and for them that means that Qian Lung who's the grand dragon of heaven she's their kind of patron deity she has dived down into the void in the realm below uh, okay. who represents the grave tide and has become stuck there in battle and so the heavens are frozen so they all explain the same in the same thing in different ways and simply you know, recently in the kind of history of the world these portals have opened up and the world light the thing that has been extinguished by the grave tide appears in this new world which we call the bright marches so all three factions are now coming into contact with each other for the very first time in this new world that shifts itself the geography of it shifts and adapts to the people that are living in it so they're all kind of competing over it and trying to work out what it is and who these weird strangers are and what's going on <laughs> and ev inevitably that leads to some conflict of course of course, excellent. Um, I, I said the Eternal Conclave was my favourite. I think um, the Helicon League is probably going to be Matt's pick, and I've got a feeling that um, the Banner Clans is is, is going to be Jay's. Um, so you've almost designed it perfectly for the Bruise and Bruise team. I don't I'm know who Andy would play for. You'd have to. Well, maybe maybe he'll like this. maybe he'll like Faction Four. So we're I, I can't Faction Four is already designed. It's about to start playtesting. I can't reveal it yet, obviously, because we need Ooh. to. We've got plenty. We've got a long way to go before we get to actually announcing them. But I tell you what, I'll do for you, Dave. If you have me back, I will. I will let. I will announce Faction Four on the Sprues and Brews podcast when the time Con comes. Consider that a promise, then. Yeah, we'll 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 absolutely <laughs> make sure that that happens. Um. So I think that actually quite nicely leads on to um, the, the launch of the game. Now, I'm mm -hmm. right in saying that you're taking this to GameFound. Is that right? We are, yeah. We chose Game... I chose GameFound over Kickstarter because um, I... To me, and obviously Kickstarter is like the big boss of the field, right? It's been around forever and it's, it's you know, it's, it, there's a lot of kind of organic traffic there. But it's mm. not a particularly good user experience either, mm -hmm. in my mind, either as a creator, but especially as a backer. Like I find Kickstarter unintuitive mm -hmm. at, at, to, when backing games. I find it difficult to decide what I want because I can't see it without diving between pledge levels and the project story and stuff like this. It's difficult to kind of do. Um, and GameFound, in my mind, gets rid of all of that for backers. It makes it an incredibly backer-friendly experience. And in a really important thing for me, my whole my whole aim is to make Margrave an affordable and accessible experience. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously one of the ways we, the main way we do that is through price, but also representation of different cultures in, in kind of sensitive and accurate ways. Um, but GameFound have a new system that they call stretch pay or split pay. I can completely forget which one it is, but either way you are able to, as a creator, you can offer your backers a credit free way of splitting their payments across a timeline that you decide. So for oh. us, backers have the choice to split their payments over three equal installments. So that is brilliant. I mean, that that's absolutely fantastic. I didn't know we did that. Um, mm, like, it's, it's like relatively new, it's relatively new, but it's, it's right. great, it's really good. Because I, I mean, I've, I see quite a few amazing looking things on Kickstarter, like board games and stuff, but the, the price on some, I just don't at that point in time have that amount of money that I can just drop uh, on, on, on a project. So that's, that's, that's a great uh, idea from GameFound. 
Yeah, I mean, the way that I saw it was, I mean, so our, we have like three main pledge levels as yeah, we've got one lifetime pledge, which is like, you know, it's, it's numbers limited and there's a thousand pounds for one. You get one box of everything we ever make for, for mm -hmm. Margrave forever. But you know, those are kind of numbers limited. But our three main pledges are a starter set at 90 pounds, an army box at 200 and an all in, which is three army boxes for 500. Okay. And we've i you know i've spent i spent months agonizing over these prices and comparing us to other games in the market and to my mind essentially on all things that matter we're essentially the cheapest game on the market without sacrificing any quality but a 200 pound pledge for example i i don't have 200 pounds to drop in one month but i do have 66 pounds to drop over three months mm. Mm. And so that that appeals to it appeals to me. And but, but what's really important is is there's no credit facility. It's not like Klarna or or any of those other kinds of things. There is no credit. You're not like it's not like you're taking out a loan to pay it. You pay it off on the dates that we specify. And if you mm -hmm. don't, then then we, we, you know we can work things out and refunds are an option and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it allows mm -hmm. it allows you know because we war games they're expensive, right? We all know they're mm. expensive. Even when you know even at the when, when we're trying to keep the prices low as low as we can they're still an expensive thing to do but i also don't like it when people describe them as a luxury project a luxury mm. product because it's your entertainment right it's your you know you, entertaining yourself and, and having you know satisfying yourself emotionally and socially is not a luxury that's a right no and I, so you should be able to access that without someone saying no you're not allowed to do that so i, we're trying I to make um, it as easy as possible yeah i, I think touched on that and I know Matt's done an article in the past about it and we've, we've spoken a lot about it. It's a big topic at the moment, mental health. And mm. I find, you know, building and painting models um, a bit of an escape. And, you know, if I've had a hard day at work, you know, I'll, I'll come home, you know, I'll obviously, you know, have, have my family to come home to. But I'd also like to sort of sit down and sort of chill and just paint away i mean quite a few evenings i'll just be sat chatting to the wife we'll have a film on i'll be i'll be painting and that's that's perfect for me and it's you know it, it just it just relaxes me you know especially yeah, if who, who can time tell you that COVID. Yeah. yeah and who can say who can tell you say well no you shouldn't have that because that's a luxury and luxury products mm. uh, there's something morally wrong about luxury products absolutely then they're, they're yeah. not a luxury product it is how you choose to spend your time yeah and that's what your life is that's so for, that's a really like accessibility is a hugely important thing for me i grew up you know money was very very tight if it was around at all and i don't i don't want other people to be pressed up against you know the metaphorical three cell studios shop window being like well mm -hmm. i want i want this and i you know i think i'd enjoy it and you know it's i'm not trying to encourage like rampant consumerism or anything but like mm. you know this is this is how you spend your time i want you to be able to afford that and what i you know i will make sure i will take less money on my end to make sure that you can have that as much as i possibly can that's really really important to me and to the company as a whole like that's what we're trying to do in terms of our kind of customers and our community who are incredibly important to us because, you know, we're about to hit crowdfunding. The only people that are going to help us get there are our community. We're going to owe, Absolutely. I will owe everything to this, to the community that we're building and they should get the best of what we can offer at the best price that we can offer it. And that's what we're trying to do. Um, and that's, so yeah, that's very, very important to us. Excellent. That's that's really good. Um. So let, let's let's concentrate on that. Sort of. What what is the date of the launch on Game Found? 
the launch is September 27th, which is a Wednesday. So we launch at 7 p.m. UK time. I'm not sure. I think we might be out of daylight savings at that point. So I'm not, I don't know if it's G, I think it's G, 7 p.m. GMT, but that's going to be, you know, eight o'clock in Europe. It will be probably 2 p.m. on the East Coast of the US and about 11 a.m. on the West Coast of the US. We will have a post that will go live um, once uh, it launches um, because I'm, I'm not 100% certain when this podcast episode is going to go out due to a few technical issues, which I'm not going to bore people <laughs> with right now. But um, at the very latest, this is probably going out a day before the launch. But what we will do is we're going to have um, a post talking about um, Margrave over on Sprues and Brews uh, to coincide with um, the, the launch of the Game Fam campaign. So you'll be able to find all the links, things like that. Uh, from then, I'll probably update them into the podcast notes as well um, to make it easier for people to to find. Um, you've obviously you've, you've touched upon the tiers. Is there, is there anything um, we should know about the tiers? Like what could we expect to get from, from absolutely? Yeah, I can run them down for you right now. Fantastic. So we have so the, the our featured pledge when people go onto our game found campaign and they can go onto it now at any point. Like the 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 campaign preview is live. You can see all the pledges there. So the our kind of featured pledge is our army box. And what you get in our army box is 87 um, infantry miniatures. So that's Oof. 80. It's, yeah, it's, um, and then you also get a spirit, which is, depending on which faction you buy, is between 140 and 180 millimeters tall. Um, oh. And you get all the cards that come with the game and the bases and the stat, the movement stands that we use because they're important to the rules and tokens and all that good stuff. And that's 200 pounds. So that comes out to like £2.6 a model. And bearing in mind oh, that yeah. one of those is 180 millimeters of resin, um, wow. it kind of <laughs> it skews the price off. But that's £200. Um, and you get 86, like I said, 86, 87 models plus the spirit plus all the other stuff. Um, our starter set is £90. That comes with 51 models. So that's just... Um, the infantry it's three infantry three infantry from three different units and the commanders as well plus all the components that you need that's mm -hmm. 90 pounds it's one pound 71 a model um and then we have our all-in pledge our all-in pledge is 500 pounds but you get three army boxes so if you were to buy three army boxes at the at the pledge price that's 600 pounds we're doing all three for 500 um We'd love it if you, if, I mean, anything that anyone wants to back, we're always happy with, but the all-in is, is really good value in, in my mm. mind. You look at 250-something minis plus everything else for, for 500 quid. Um, nice. So again, it's coming out, with, and that's including all three spirits in that as well. So these three massive, beautiful chunks of resin. Um, and then we have the lifetime pledge as well. So the lifetime pledge is, is in a way, it's a kind of, it's a thank you from us to our most, commit uh, well i say most committed it's not true that they're the most committed but among our most committed backers so for the lifetime pledge it's a thousand pounds you get what you would get in the all-in so that's five mm. the 500 pounds of value there but you also get the promise from us that you will get one box of every margrave product we ever make for the rest of the time the game exists and all you've got to do is cover the postage um, and those are numbers limited at the moment. They're they're limited to about ten. And if people really, really want them, we can open up some more. But you know, mm -hmm. we have to think about our our future going forward. Well, um, let's 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 just go rewind a little bit. You mentioned at the top of this um, interview how far you want to take Margrave. So 
that could look like a really good prize if um i am robbing you... myself blind honestly <laughs> <with it. laughs> um i mean yeah this is the thing i mean if you're with the game based on our current release schedule if you're with the game for two two and a half years after the kickstart after the game found launch you'll have already made your money back um so so yeah it's uh, you know it's 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 for us it's a case of a lot of the advice among kind of cr the crowdfunding community is you should have one ridiculous pledge and you should numbers limit it because if people go for it a thousand pounds for us that's one fifteenth of our funding done immediately we have approximately 10 people already wanting these that's two-thirds of our funding goal done the second the campaign opens um mm. So, you know, it, it, but it's, it's a thank you from us for people taking the time to believe in what we're doing. It's a, you know, someone to put a thousand, I couldn't drop a thousand pounds on someone's game as much as I would love to, I couldn't do it. Um, and for our community who I need to give a shout out, by the way, especially our discord, the Margrave discord community have just been absolutely phenomenal on this, on what is a difficult process, whichever way you cut it, they've been phenomenal. Um, for someone to drop a thousand pounds on a brand new game from a brand new designer shows real faith in me yeah. and what I'm trying to do. And so my thank you is you get everything I ever make for this game forever. And I'm happy to give it to you. So that's the, again, this is the kind of company that I want us to be. I want us to be fair and generous. I want us to be something worth believing in and worth getting involved in, especially now on the ground floor. Excellent. That, that sounds epic. I mean, uh, I'm really looking forward to playing this myself. Um, <laughs> I think we, we should, at, at this point, I think we should talk about a little bit about the future. We're not not too, well, let's, let's discuss what kind of the future plans are um, for the game. So let's, let's, um, let's, you know, delve into the future. The, the game's mm -hmm. launched. It's, it's in people's hands. Where are you taking the game from here? So, um, I mean, obviously, as a designer, I have to be a number of years ahead of the project, uh, of mm -hmm. the current state of the product and the project. So I'm in a position right now where obviously we have, in terms of what has been publicly revealed, so I did a load of stretch goal reveals yesterday. I sent put it out on our, um, on our Discord and our Facebook and on our mailing list and all stuff like that. So essentially, yes, prior to yesterday, we had three factions revealed. Each faction had three commanders revealed and each faction had three infantry units revealed. Um, so that was where we were, you know, month, yesterday, despite obviously we're recording this on a Tuesday, yesterday mm -hmm. morning on Monday, that was where we were at. So yesterday I revealed a cavalry unit for each of the three factions and another infantry unit. So each fact, and obviously, oh, sorry, and we had the spirits revealed as well. The spirits have been revealed for a couple of weeks. So all three factions currently have six units and three commanders publicly available, as publicly available knowledge. They will all be able to be accessible through the game found. Um, mm. In addition to that, on paper and ready for play testing, each faction has three more units and one more commander at least. Um, so you know that's our that's ongoing releases for us we're currently working on the concept artwork for two of those units for each faction uh, and we're getting ready to put them into play testing so they will start being released in the kind of nine months after we deliver the the, the game found pledges um okay. and then faction four faction four are 95 percent fully designed um we've begun the concepting pieces for them and by fully designed on that i mean they have six six units and three commanders available so the level that which we would have launched them on on game found um mm -hmm. 
they're almost ready to start play testing. We've done, you know, we've done some really preliminary mechanical play testing on them, but we're ready to start putting them out into full games. So they're ready. Um, they, they will be, we're planning to release those probably a year after we fulfill the game found to get, give people a chance to get used to the game before we start throwing new factions in. And then factions five and six are already on paper. Um, they've got names, they've got concepts. Some of the design work is already there for them. Um, and then factions seven and eight are on my, they're on in my notes. They're on my kind of, they've, they've got their own document now. So they're, the <laughs> design work has already started. But the plan is, is my, my hope is, is that as we find our feet more as a publisher and as we get our manufacturing processes um, kind of more locked in and more rigorous, my hope is that we will be releasing something new every three months. Um, and I, ideally for each faction each faction should get something new every three months or maybe two factions get what something this three months the next two factions get something in the next three months so every faction is getting kind of two releases a year plus a new faction every year um that's that's the that's my hope and obviously you know the best laid plans always fall to waste but that's that's my kind of that's my thinking at the current moment I, I think that sounds easy. I mean, it keeps it keeps people invested in, you know. I, exactly. If we take Warhammer for example, you might collect a faction that might not see a new model for such a long time that you might just lose interest in that faction or even lose interest in the game completely. So, by having those kind of three or four months and you've got like a new unit or something coming, that's that's ace. That's that's really good. I like the sound of that. And another another way we're trying to we're trying to do that as well is I'm I'm working I've already started work on a Margrave skirmish game a skirmish version of the game which keeps the kind of feel and vibe of the Margrave rank and flank and keeps the kind of strategy the gaming mechanics but goes in a kind of slightly more role playy direction if you're like a Mordheim nice. player this that you, you you're going to understand where I'm going with it. Um, so yeah, in about a year's time from now, so we, you know, the idea is, well, fingers crossed, we will have the, the plan is to have fulfilled the Kickstarter within a year, or the, the game found, sorry, within a year of it finishing. So kind of by October 2024, uh, to have the Margrave skirmish game ready. And the idea is, is that you can use all the same models. We will release printable cards, but also product cards we you know, will release them ourselves for the rule set and that's another thing to mention as well our rules are completely free completely free all the time oh wow we're, we're not doing a we're not doing a physical rule book okay. um everything is being kept online as a living rule book same with the cards you can print them off anytime you want we will release physical cards with the products but we know one of my experiences with um with content creation for a song of ice and fire was that the company Simon was hamstrung by the fact that people had to pay for card updates mm. because it meant that they couldn't change that they couldn't change the game as often as they needed because mm -hmm. people had paid for a product that then became obsolete. So mm. for us, we're including the cards because I like physical cards. I but do. You can, <laughs> yeah, it's it's important. It's a, there's a tactility to it, and it's a rules yeah. reminder as well. So Absolutely. we're printing physical cards. They will come with the products, but when we update those cards, you can just print them off the website and slide them into the card sleeve, and then you've still got the feel of the card, but you've also got the updated rules on them. That's so cool. our rules will be completely free all the time. That would be the same for the skirmish game. So we're able to kind of we're able to release things and keep things fresh on a continuous cycle without ever 
demanding people buy too much stuff. That's another important mm -hmm. thing. I hate FOMO marketing. I don't <laughs> like the, I really, really don't like it. When it's like, well, this is limited edition. I will state this loud and clear right here in public. Margrave will never, ever, ever, ever have a limited edition product. Not once. If any, if, if one person can buy it, everyone should be able to buy mm. it. Yeah. Um, and so what I want to do is be able to keep things fresh and keep people keep offering people products without ever making them feel like, Oh my God, this is too much. I can't, I can't keep up with this. So mm -hmm. I think those kind of three month cycles with alternating sets of who's getting what, I think that's a, you know, that, that, that's my plan for now. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we will revisit it, but that's, that's how I want to go with it. And that keeps things fresh and keeps things interesting for people. Excellent. That that sounds awesome. I I can't wait to do some um some gaming myself, and uh, I'm definitely going to be getting involved uh, in Margrave because it sounds it sounds nice. I know Jay and Matt they are they're massive fans of the sort of rank and file and movement tray kind of mm -hmm. game, so I know they're going to be um getting completely on board. Um, I'm glad to hear it. Very glad to hear it. Um, so like I said, we'll be we'll be posting about the launch of um. That the game found on 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 the day launches, obviously. Um, I will have links in the podcast notes, so you'll be able to check out both the Margrave website, um, and also I'll have a link there, um, straight to the campaign as well. And like you mentioned, George, you can you can view it at the moment, can't you? You just can't. You can, yeah. All yeah, all you need to yeah. do is go to. You just have to go to just search game found and then Margrave the March of Lords, and we will come up right at the top, and you can click I'll, it. You I'll, can have a look at everything that's there. I'll pop that link in the the podcast notes as well, so people can check that out. And then hopefully, um, we'll uh, we'll also have some content of the actual game and 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 get some games of it in um for the website as well, um, which which would be ace. Uh, once obviously you've got it sort of starting being fulfilled and things. Of course. Um, George, I know we're getting towards the end of this interview, but I would be strung up if I didn't ask you two <laughs> very important questions. Uh, uh, I know Matt is very keen on these. Um, I have to ask you, what is your favourite sprue and what is your favourite brew? And I'm going to allow you a, a couple of options here because I know you're going to okay. want to mention some of your own, but you might have some uh, some other favourites. Okay, all right, I got you. So let's let me go with my favourite Margrave sprue first. So yesterday, at the time of recording this, yesterday we revealed our cavalry options for our three factions, and for the Banner Clans and the Helicon League, they're actual cavalry, right? They're actual cavalry. They're the Storm Dragon Riders for the Banner Clans and the Paladocian nice. Favored Riders for the Helicon League. The Eternal Conclave don't do things normally, um, <laughs> and they their cavalry option are called the Remade. And they okay. are people that have been turned into bird people machine hybrids. What? Yeah, they are. They're, they're, I was. I couldn't wait to drop them. And like, I'm not. I, I will refrain from swearing on the podcast. But um, Joel, our artist, I obviously came up with the concept for them. I named them in tribute to uh, China Mieville. He has the remade in his Baslag trilogy. So I took the concept from there and put our, our own spin on it. And Joel, I, I wrote them up and, and designed the rules and gave them to Joel. And Joel started doing the concept artwork. He then doesn't see them until they come back from our sculptor, Ricardo. Both Joel and Ricardo are absolute geniuses. They're incredible at what they do. And I, me and so I'd been seeing them iterated on for ages, working with Ricardo. And then I showed Joel the finished versions. And bearing in mind, he'd spent two weeks doing the concept artwork for them. His response was, what the, 
are they? <laughs> and I was just like, that's it. That's the response that you want. So there's two, there's two of them. There's two sculpts. Um, one of them is kind of more machine heavy and more angry, but the other one I wanted to kind of capture some sorrow and beauty and fragility. And it's this kind of person that's essentially been stitched into a massive crow's costume, lent over <laughs> on a spear and the wings are like a cape. And it's just my favorite sculpt that we've done. Um, wow. So that's my favorite Margrave Sprue is, is the re remade number two, we call him. So he is, uh, his code is EC, EC17 is my favorite. Um, <laughs> outside of Margrave, I said I was a big historical, I used to be a big historical gamer. Uh, Rubicon models make the greatest tanks I've ever seen in my life. And I'm just fully, fully in love with them. I've sold all of my historicals on except for one, which is the, uh, M, the, it's the Sherman Rubicon's M1A1 Sherman. Um, I think it's the nice. M1A1. I can't remember. It's, it's just the Sherman kit. It's just, it's like a resin piece, but it's beautiful. It's so nice to put together. It's got that beautiful kind of Sherman tank silhouette and I absolutely love it. So those are my, those are my favorite sprues for sure. Um, in terms of the favorite brew, I know I've been listening to the podcast for a while and a lot of people are like, <laughs> oh, you know, they, they, they try and kind of fancy it up a little bit, but like I'm an Essex boy and you can take the, you can take the boy out of Essex, but you can't take the Essex out of the boy. So I'm like, I'm just a cheap lager kind of guy, man. Give me like some Stella or some Cronenberg or some Amstel or something I can get in a pub that's cold on tap nice. or in a can nice. and I'm a happy boy. <laughs> That's a, that's an excellent choice. That's a that's a that's a proper <laughs> choice. That yeah. yeah. No, I I'm on board with that. That that sounds nice to me. Um, George, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, and we will have you back in the future. Um, Absolutely, you will. To, I owe you a promise in a review now. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really looking forward to that. Um, I've mentioned it multiple times, but check the podcast notes, check our website um, on launch day for, for, for more details. And um, I think we're going to get some nice images uh, of, the, of the models and stuff on there so you people can be able to check it out. And hopefully then click through the link and get backing. Um, you know, I want to see this uh, this campaign really take off. And uh, I'm really excited to see what you guys do in the in the future with this game. Thanks so much, Dave. I really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Um, and at that point, I think we're going to take a slight pause and we'll come back with this week's top three. And so it is time for this week's top three. And Matt set us the challenge of picking our top three hobby achievements. Now, although Matt's not here, he did send over his top three, which I want to read out at the end. Um, but I think me and Jay are going to go through ours first. And um, I don't want to say this every week, but it was it was really hard. And I will have to mention that there'll be a few honourable mentions, I think. Um, but do you want to start us off, Jay, with, uh, with your top three? Yeah. So... Um... I think that in the last 12 months or so, I've been really like pleased with the amount of hobby I've got done mm. and the amount of different things I've done over this last year as well. So I think back to... So when I'm building an army and painting models, I normally have like quite a... When I say clean, I mean, I, 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 I do my base coat i do my shading i do some edge highlighting i do some additional edge highlighting and like if you look at like me ultramarine's army they're very like um 
not pristine looking, but there's no battle damage on them. They're very much what colours are they on the website. They're the colours I'll try and use on the model. I don't tend to experiment very much. That's sort of been my style of painting for a long time. But this year I've 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 tried lots of different things. And it started with the Imperial Fists. And when I when I built my Imperial Fist and started painting my Imperial Fist army for the Horus Heresy, I played around with battle damage and weathering and 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 you know i'd, I'd paint my imperial fist perfect yellow well, i say perfect in my mind it looks perfect it's exactly mm-hmm. how i wanted the yellow to look i've got my clean sort of paneling done and all this kind of thing and then i took a sponge to it all and i'm spreading mud over bases <laughs> and i'm painting scratches on and things like this and like it no longer looks like a pristine imperial fist straight off the factory floor um but i was really pleased with the end result but it was like a it's the first time i've ever really done anything like that across an army or across a model so i was like experimenting with it and trying with it but i was really pleased that i gave it a shot and i'm really happy with the way it came out and then i thought well okay i'm gonna expand and then on my second army that i did after that so after the imperial fist the next army i painted um uh so i was doing the leagues of botan but i was i went on to the um um custodians the the, the talons of the emperor and for this one, I, I tried something a bit more different. So I, I wanted to sort of continue that grim, dark, weather-worn, battle-damaged look across the army. Um, but I wanted to try something a bit different than I tried with the Imperial Fist. So I used oil paints for the first time. And um, I, I was playing around with how you apply oil paints and, and the effects you can get from, from certain different kinds of oil and inks and things across the model. Um, I remember I... Um, um when i was um building and painting the vehicle so i've got a caladius grav tank and a coronas grav carrier in the custodian's army and i got some of the texture paint Do you know the texture paint you put on the um yeah yeah on base? i got a load of that and i was like painting that over before i'd even prime the model painting that over like exhaust and underneath the canopy uh, the, the the hole and things like this to get like all the dirt spraying up on it and then i, I, I sort of base coated it and painted over the top of it and i was using weathering powders really for i mean i used a, a few of the weathering powders on the imperial fist but i was still i didn't really know how to use them properly so i just sort of used them on the bases but with the custodians i was using it on the bases i was using it on the model itself on the like lower legs in in like um the um, panels and things on the tanks um and i got i, I think i was I, I really happy with the sort of grim dark custodian force i was able to put together mm. um and then also then uh, i started working on the blood angels um and i i um i did a couple of things different with the blood angels again so um if you remember we went to a kill team um tournament a kill team narrative event at warhammer world was it in the it summer did. when was that i can't remember it, it was it not was, that yeah right summer, yeah yeah, and um, I wanted to sort of um, try something different there as well. So I, I, I did. I, I heavily converted the um, the Blood Angels kill team. So I used them as a Chaos Legionnaires uh, kill team in game, uh, and then I converted Primaris Space Marines, mixed them with Sanguinary Guard bits, with some of the old Blood Angels Tactical Death Company bits. Um, I took inspiration from uh, White Dwarfs, uh, so I converted up a Blood Angels librarian based on some model that I'd seen in the, in a, the White Dwarf, based on like Tigerius and um, uh, some Dark Angels bits and things like this. Um, and it's weird when you do that because it, obviously it's it, it, it takes a lot of time and effort to do that, and you're tweaking it. Da, 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 da. But I really you get a real sense of achievement when you've got this like completely unique looking 
um, set of miniatures in front of you. That, that, that no one else has got those models because you've custom built them, uh, and you sort of get an attachment to them. And it, you, you get a real sense of achievement from putting together that. So I was really pleased with that. And then yeah, the, the Blood Angels Horus Heresy army. So this is the the, the latest army I completed. And I mean. I've always, how many times have I said I want to paint a Blood <laughs> Angels army, Dave? I've, I've a, never a done it. Time. I don't know why. Um, so, I, I, again, here, I wanted to sort of refine that battle-weathered, battle-worn, um, sort of grimdark look on the Blood Angels for the Horus Heresy. So I took bits of what I learned about the Imperial Fist, bits of what I learned about the legions of uh, the towns of the Emperor, and applied that to the Blood Angels. And then also I, I've mixed in quite a lot of conversions in that army. So, mm. um, and this ranges from more very simply like some of my uh, Contemptors. They're not converted in a true sense, I guess, but I've, I've really messed around with the poses on the Contemptors to make them look very dynamic, like one of them's charging forward, one of them looks like he's just about to take off with his jump pack. Really put some thought into the way the model's put together. And then um, the Offenheim Court, I've been using bits from the Angel's Tears, bits from Sanguinary Guard, tried to make them look, um, I've even used some of the um, the upgraded shoulder patterns, trying to make them look like a really unique sort of bespoke set of models for my army. Um, and then the, the model that I've had the most fun with and, and um, I'm, I'm probably the most proud of in that army is is the Legion Herald itself. Oh, so this is, is such um, cool yeah. Model one of my HQ options and it's based off the Zephon model and I've um I've sort of taken it off its jumping base put it on, on a regular base and then I've um built um uh, they use the raven ravenwing banner um so he's like carrying this standard um and yeah I've just had a great fun with that army as well so I have to say overall I'm, I'm really really pleased with what I've achieved this year in terms of my miniature building and painting techniques that i've used i've really enjoyed this year um so that's my number three can i just um, say your army's always look really good jay but this year in particular they've really and i think it's because you've you know you've stepped away from just because i think you you did just used to use set out paints and now you're um i mean mm. your, your mind's completely open on what you use and i think you can you can tell that you're not yeah, being that... restricted by anything yeah, that's it. So I've, I use a lot of the two thin coats paints now as well, which are great. Um, but yeah, I am. I'm using different materials on the basin. Uh, I'm using weathering powders. Um, I'm just experimenting with them. And it, 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 it doesn't always work. And I've had a few disasters with um, some of the models where it's not got quite as I thought. But overall, it's been it's been really fun. And I'm, 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 yeah, I'm quite happy to see these complete approaches. So I've got, I, even this week, actually, reshuffled my shelves around to have me three mm -hmm. Horus Heresy armies in my glass cabinet because I'm thinking you know these are the three armies that I've worked very hard on over the last 12, 12 months or so yeah. Um, so yeah so I'm, I'm quite pleased with that where are we up to number two second choice <laughs> second choice um, my second choice um, I think it's it sort of got a tie in quite similar to that I think but it, it's sort of related I guess um, in the past I've sort of gone off and oh, i really want to build that army and i've gone out and bought a load of models and built a load of models and it's come to nothing uh, and i've not finished it and i've got distracted or i'm on to the next project and i think it was like over over a year ago it might have been, been like last year's hobby resolutions i can't remember now where i decided no i don't want to do that anymore i want to really think hard about projects and then complete them mm -hmm. and i'm and that's what i've done this year so you know, I, I painted my Leagues of Otan Force. I've got that done. I've got my three Horus Heresy armies done. I did me Craftworld Eldar. I'm looking behind me on my shelves now. I haven't got any 
half completed armies or half completed projects that I've started and put down. And there's, I get a real sense of achievement as well from thinking, oh, look at, look at, you know, look at that ultramarine army I've got there that's completed. Oh, I want to add mm. units to it, but it's a full completed army. I'd be happy if I didn't add another ultramarine unit to that army. For the Horus Heresy armies, I've got, you know, my Sylvaneth and my Lumen. So I think you get a sense of satisfaction as well from completing a project. And I've yeah, completed absolutely. a lot of projects in the last 12 months. Uh, whereas prior to that, I was, oh, I'd start building. I remember I had, a, had like a, uh, an Orc Death Dread army. I had tons of different things. Black Templar army. That was, And you, you just never finish them. And then you just, no. you're there painting one more. And you think, oh, man, I really should get back and finish those ones. Um, I think I'm getting better at that. But I'm still, I still... I'm a bit of a hobby magpie. Um, I look at my... I mean, actually, I'm looking at where my guard live. There's actually not that much on my shelves because I use them in a 2K game and I've kind of... Because it's the army that I want to take to the team tournament. So when I get all of those painted, I've not put them back on the shelf yet so I know how much I've got left to paint. Um, but I'm looking forward to looking at that unit and going, I'm so glad I painted all those. Yeah, it's cool. And, I, and I, I mean, I really enjoy using those armies as well that you've completed. So, like, once you've got your Imperial Guard finished and using it, you know, you spent all those months, you know, that, that long time getting it ready and building yeah. and painting it. You know, who cares if it's not meta at the moment or there's a Duff unit in there? It's still nice to use that. Yeah. And especially when we go to, like, Warhammer World, so we go to the events, but also to, like, you know, we're going at the end of the year, for example, um, to, to have a, a big game that, you know, we normally go there around Matt's birthday. It's really cool to take a completed project there as well. So, yeah. yeah, so that, for me, that's a really, I mean, they're quite personal achievements, I guess. But I really do, you know, that that's what gives me a great satisfaction from the hobby, I think. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. I think I think that's a great achievement. Um, and then number one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so number one's a recent one. And I'm still, even now, two weeks later, I'm still completely, um, I, I still can't quite believe it. I can't, I can't tell you how made up I am uh, after short. So we went to, um, myself and Matt, to the, the Horace Heresy Front of Schools um, the, the weekend before last. Um, and I, I took my Blood Angels. So the Blood Angels, as you know from listening to the podcast, I've been painting the Blood Angels now for, I think it's like nearly six months, over six months. I've been working really, really hard on them. Um, and you know, we just talked there about the, the the different painting techniques and things I've been using and, and practicing and sort of tweaking and tuning. So I'd really put a lot of of, of heart and effort into building this army. Um, I was really really happy with the way it turned out. Um, you know, the composition of the army as well. With the I've got my Sakaran tanks. I find the Sakaran tanks are like the epitome of Harris Heresy. When I see a Sakaran, that just screams Heresy to me. I like the the Contemptors as well. So. I spent a lot of time putting this army together and I, I really wanted to get um, an army nomination when we got down there. So for uh, folks that haven't been to any of the Warhammer World tournaments, um, the, um, the, the events team will go around and, and then they will nominate so many armies. I, I think, I don't know if it's eight or 10 or so armies um, to, to go into the cabinets over lunch on the second day. And then, and then all the, the, um, the, the, the people at the event can, can go and have a look at the armies. And then there's like a, um, awards for them. There, I think first, second, third and judges choice awards um, for, for, for their favorite army. Um, and it's a real sense of achievement to, for an army that you've worked so hard on to go into those cabinets. It's great to see them in like the really well lit cabinets as well. You get some yeah, nice pictures on the cell. It's and really like, cool. <laughs> I've got then the, the events team take the, some pictures as well. So you get some like professional looking photos of your force as well. So I really, really wanted to get an arm, army nomination for, for this Horus Hosey army. 
Um, and I did. I, uh, so on on the second day after the, the event, they, they called out the names and I, I was on the list. So I'd been nominated for... So I was really pleased with that. I was blown away with that. And um, I thought I'm going to come away with a certificate for that. I'd be really happy about that. Uh, then we got to the award ceremony at the end of the event. And um, I collected my certificate. It was really great. And there were some great armies in the cabinet. Uh, there was a really, really cool Space Wolves army in there that had a load of conversions and a really, really cool sort of display piece. There was a lovely looking... Um, ultramarines army as well um and I, I you know i find generally at the warhammer world events the the quality of the armies you know yeah. some people go really spend, you know they're really really cool on their armies um i know i got i got second place in the in the um best army awards that's fantastic um, that's so yeah. good so i've never i've never had uh, a trophy for a, a, an army best army um award at warhammer world before so i was completely blown away to get voted second best army um so you get like a really cool glass trophy for that so that was really really cool so then we we go back and sit down uh, and then the next award um is uh the most sporting player so this is um the the person so uh, was most voted um best opponent or favorite opponent not mm. best opponent favorite opponent um and i i got i got i got i won that one as well <laughs> so um <laughs> and some could I, say that's one of the hardest ones to get you know yeah so this is i mean i remember so i mean we don't play competitively you know us guys don't so generally i i I try and enjoy myself in a game of warhammer and we always do and i don't you know i try and hopefully our opponents have a good game as well it's not about the winning really it's just about the games and just going it's it's a nice atmosphere to be at warhammer world at the tournament the event staff are so sort of energetic and so you know friendly and things and and I, I haven't really bumped into a, a bad opponent at any of the times we've been to. So, yeah, so to, to win that award was, it was very, very humbling. It was, you know, I, I, I was so thankful to win that. It was, and was not expected. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really great to come away with that award. Um, so then I came back to sit down next to Matt. And then following that, then you go into the um, uh, the third place, second place, and first place awards. So Throne of Schools are, are really cool tournaments, and I'd recommend Throne of Schools as like a a first tournament if, mm-hmm. if you've never been to one before at Warhammer World, because um, you tend to find that the majority of sort of armies that you're playing and opponents you're playing, they're not the most competitive of armies. They're not the most competitive of players, and and it, the, the games are a bit more relaxed, not casual. You know, you're still trying to win and things like this, but it's not as cutthroat as a competitive um, tournament could be. So, so in that regard, they're really, really cool sort of introduction to tournaments because you, you know, you can go there, and even if you don't have much gaming experience or your army perhaps isn't the most powerful build for that particular faction, you still got a good chance of doing quite well in the tournament. And one of the reasons behind that is because the way they score you, um, it's based on um, three things. So not just your performance in the game, whether you win, lose, or draw, you get points for that. But you mm-hmm. also get at the end of the tournament, you get you 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 have to um, vote for your um, favorite opponent out of the five games that you played. Your your favorite two opponents and the favorite two armies that you played over the course of the weekend. And depending on how many votes you collect in those two categories, that also contributes to your overall tournament score. Um, so yeah, so when it turns out, uh, well, well they were, I came first place in that one as well. So Jay, that is that is fantastic. I I came away with a gold um, Horus Heresy first place Throne of Skulls trophy, and the trophy is awesome, Dave. It's like a, they got the eye of Horus um, oh, on like a big sweet. pillar. 
Uh, I think it was the first time they've they've done these trophies. They're really really cool. But yeah, I got I I won three games out of the five for the tournament. Um, I had five absolutely awesome games. We even had a game against um, a fellow Blood Angels player. So it was a Blood Angels on Blood Angels uh, game at one point. <laughs> um, I played a nice mix of armies. So I played um, Luke and his Mechanicum in the first round. A really really cool sort of. Um, uh, it was like a great color scheme, really, really nice looking army with um, some cool purples and blues on the weapon effects. Um, and that was like lot, uh, armatures and lots of the the different um, Mechanicum robots. I'd never played Mechanicum before, so it's a really cool, you know, I was quite excited to play Mechanicum. There were explosions everywhere, Dave. <laughs> um, but that was a great game. Like I said, I played a fellow Blood Angels player. I played some Iron Warriors. Um it was a real sort of um, good mix. I played a word bearers force day with Logar, which is a really, ah, really cool game. And, uh, I really wish I could have been there to see just that army for inspiration. <laughs> it was really cool. Logar was in there. Logar was a beast with his psychic powers. Uh, and also the, um, the, uh, the I can't remember what the name of the special dreadnought was, but that was very good as well. Malgaris? Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it was. It's cool anyway, but it was a good game. And then um, the Dark Angels as well. Uh, Lee and his Dark Angels. So I had five great games, but yeah, I got I got five favorite uh, game votes. Uh, so every one of my opponents gave me a vote for their favorite game, and then I also got five favorite army votes. So every one of my opponents gave me a vote for, for favorite army as well, and I was completely blown away, Dave. And to come away with first place at a front schools, it's like that's like the ultimate. Well, I don't know, I don't know. What, so I got that tr- the most sporting. I'm just they're all great, and like I mean, even now two weeks later, I still can't quite believe. <laughs> I just want to know, like all that extra trophy weight in the car. I mean, how did you even get back from Warhammer World? So, <laughs> no, I don't know. no, that's that's amazing. I was so like when the messages came through, I was like almost bought a tear. So I was like, that's so cool. Uh, you know, you have put a lot of effort into Blood Angels. And it's the army that you know your your heart is set on. You know, whenever we do stuff, you're always looking at the Blood Angels. Um, and now you've got an army which, quite rightly, is award winning, which is absolutely superb. Um, but I know you, you know, you won't rest on this and your next army is going to look even better probably. Well, this is it. I've got to, yeah, that's it. I, you know, what's I've got to, <laughs> I've got to try and make the next army look just as good as Blood Angels. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about the event in the in the hobby updates earlier on, but the, the event was brilliant. I mean, those Horus Hosty events at Warhammer World are always really, really cool. The event staff do a really, really cool job and they're really, really good as well because um, this time round, they changed the last mission based on feedback from previous events. So it's really mm-hmm. cool that they're sort of listening to what people are saying and and, um, and adjusting the sort of format of, of the event. Uh, yeah. So that, that was really cool. It, you know, I think there was like 70 or 80 players there. There was a good um, variety of armies there as well. And there were some gorgeous looking armies. Uh, I think an Ultramarine's army took first place for best army. And it was a, a really, I think it had Gilliman in there, really, really nice metallic blue army. But generally I find that with the Horus Heresy armies in particular, in my experience, they are very much labor of love for a lot of players. Mm. So you can, and you yeah. can really tell that, that, you know, I love walking around between games, looking at all the armies across the tables. Um, all five opponents really, really cool to play against. I had, I had every single game was fantastic. I didn't have a bad game at all. Really looking forward to going to the next Horus Heresy tournament. Um, so yeah, well, I'm hoping, to go I'm hoping, him. I'm ho- hoping to come to the next one. I've not done a Heresy tournament yet, and it's they just are, another reason good. to finally get these word bearers done so I can start taking them to tournaments and stuff. But no, congratulations, Jay. 
well deserved um and i hope they've got a prouder place in the geek room oh, at the top of the cabinet uh, just one thing to add on the tournament so um in a previous horizontal tournament i think it was the um not the doubles it was the singles matt took his um empress children and a warhound titan and i remember we went to that event and matt was the only person to bring a warhound titan and um I think a lot of people coming over looking at, you know, we don't very often see Warhound Titans at a tournament like this. Oh, interesting. It never survived past turn one. <laughs> and, um, and then, anyway, Matt, not to be deterred, decided to bring his Warhound Titan again for this one. Um, so I was saying, oh, well, Matt, I hope it survives past turn one this time. Anyway, we got there, and there must have been about four, five, six other Warhound Titans at the event. It was wow. weird to see so many Warhound Titans. Um, and I kept checking in on Matt throughout the weekend. How is your Warhound Titan doing? And more often than not, when I went over to speak to him, the Warhound Titan was still live going into, like, turns four and five. That's so, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> well, turn four. <laughs> Brilliant. Nice one to the Warhound. Um, I think we'll move on to to, to my top three. Um, so my third choice is a bit of a twofer because I think the two kind of go hand in hand. So before we got together and created Sprues and Brews, my, I think it was safe to say, Jay, that my hobby, although I, I really enjoyed playing the game and I you know sort of enjoyed building the models, I hated painting them. And I, I remember quite fondly, We'd be sat in your old dining room. You'd be frantically painting something. I'd put one little bit of colour on. I'd go and make a brew. I'd do maybe a little bit more painting. I'd go and make another brew. You did everything to avoid painting. Absolutely. I procrastinated hard. Yeah. I know you tried your hardest to get me to to really concentrate on painting. I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, I, 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 I didn't feel I could paint. I didn't think I, I didn't feel like I could get better. I've ne- never been an arty person. Um, I remember the box you made for um, Design Tech <laughs> at school. Oh, what a disaster that was. <laughs> um, so the creation, of, I mean, I'd already started to pick up my kind of hobby um, and then Sprues and Brews came along and the creations, I mean, obviously I, I love where we're at with the website and the podcasts and the videos um, the support we get from not just Games Workshop, but from other developers and the people we've met along the way. Um, has been absolutely fantastic and I I sometimes have to pinch myself at kind of the community we built up and you know um, our discord and you know people chat to us over social media it's incredible and speak to us at events um, and from that I feel like my hobbies kind of really lifted off and um, since then you know I'm, I'm painting more I'm building stuff I'm even trying a few small conversions I'm trying to complete projects um, I'm taking more pride in what I'm doing in the hobby. And I think the creation of Sprues and Brews and doing all that kind of led to one thing in particular, and that was when me and Matt got invited onto what was Warhammer TV, the kind of live stream games. Um, that was to be invited in to their studio to play a game of Warhammer in front of, you know, thousands of people watching over on Twitch was just amazing i mean we got to go into the, the you know the holy temple that is the warhammer hq i know we go to oh, yeah. warhammer world a lot but we actually got to go into those uh, office buildings absolutely it was incredible um and we had a, i mean okay i didn't win but uh, it was an incredibly good game and i think actually i had this habit of going into tournaments with very little prep um but i me and matt must have played with those armies so many times on the build-up and i honestly I won most of those games. So I went into that live stream game pretty confident. 
um, only to to lose, unfortunately. But we ended up going back on again. Um, I think it was probably about a year later. Um, in fact, I got them the wrong way around. The first game, I I, I took um, what was the Legions of Nagash, uh, and I remember borrowing Matt's Nagash model, and I played against his um, Tamerkin's Horde. And it was a really fun game. I did I did lose it. We did have a few practice games, but it, it was that second game when we got reinvited back on. Um, and I played with my Auric War clans, and Matt took Archon and his um, what was what's his um, uh, the ever chosen list with all the Varangard. Oh yeah, that, that was the games that we we like played so many times before, and it was a really close game. But Archon ended up taking my Morkrisher into his sword, and the rest is history. But just appearing on Warhammer TV and, and getting to take home some Warhammer TV dice was absolutely amazing. And I do wish, although I don't think it's going to happen. I really wish they bring that back to give other people the chance to play a live stream game uh, yeah. on Twitch uh, at Warhammer World. They um, were cool, but they seem to be moving away from that, which is which is a real shame. So that was my third choice. I my second choice actually happened not all that long ago. So these are all kind of linked. So obviously, I just chatted about I did enjoy painting, and then Spruce and Roots came along and my paintings improved. Uh, and what kind of really affirmed that not so much as my number one but it's my second choice is um only the other day my art boss that i painted from the iron jaws new range appeared on warhammer community uh along with some other incredible painters um that also you know in our privileged position of getting to to paint upcoming minis uh, and it really felt like an honor i know it's to some people it might sound quite sad outside of the hobby but it was a real honor to see it there amongst these other great painters um showing off a new model uh i was i was incredibly proud like to to come from the terminator that i slapped some blue paint on to to having a model <laughs> that was was incredible it's cool um, to see it on the warhammer community website yeah really, really i was really really proud of that i couldn't stop looking at that article um and that kind of ties nicely into our number one choice and i also kind of have you well i do have you to thank for this as well jay we went along to a doubles tournament for 40k was it this year it must have been last year I, well i think it was um i've got the thing down here dave in fact let me see does it say a date on there no it doesn't I don't say think date. it does no um we we tag teamed you took your elder i took my death guard um and i you know i did i never expected i mean my death guard was my my um the best painted army i've ever done it was a complete army um, yeah. But it still came as an absolutely complete shock when we were nominated um, for, for sort of painting. Um, we didn't we didn't come first, second or third, but it did mean that I came home with that certificate from a Warhammer World event commemorating us getting a, a painting nomination. Which, Best Army nomination, yeah. Uh, and, and your army's on display in the cabinet there as well at the front of the hall. Yeah, so. it, was, it was such a proud moment. I just did not expect it. You know, as I said, I don't, you know, my, my painting had come on so far that it led me to get this painting nomination. And like yourself, I'm hoping to push on from that and, and continue yeah. to, to get better. I know I'm trying to work more on highlights now. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait to like paint more and more stuff and, and just get better and better. But that was, that's amazing. I mean, it's got pride of place on my wall in the conservatory. It's a real achievement. And you get, it's, it's weird. It's a real good sense of achievement to yeah. see your army get nominated and, and get and into those cabinets at the, yeah. the front of the hall. Absolutely. Uh, it's a special feeling. Yeah. So that, I think they are my top three 
hobby um, achievements. Um, I'm not sure if you have, Jay, but there's one particular hobby achievement that didn't quite make my top three. And it seems like such a minor thing, but I've got to give a shout out to using transfers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I think for so long I avoided them because I was scared of them. Uh, and now I love them. Now I can't, I'm painting a model, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that end stage. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling, Dave. It is it is nice to see to apply a nice transfer and finish yeah. off a model, and then you can sort of go like transfer inception and start layering transfers on transfers, and then you can put like transfers on and paint a bit of like scuff marks over the top of them. You like, oh yeah, yeah this is amazing. Yeah, um, I mean the looking quality of the Games Workshop transfers now are, are really cool as well. Um, you know, compared to back in the day, they're really easy to work with, and yeah, it, it's a nice stage in the project. In, in, in when you're painting a figure and a, and a squad, applying the transfers. I know, I know. I used to whenever you know, I'd buy a new box and it come with a transfer sheet. I'd lose a transfer sheet in about five <laughs> minutes because I had no interest. I yeah. now have a white, um, like A4 envelope that is full of all the transfers I've got. <laughs> yeah. Like I've come out of boxes and things. <laughs> um, I, I even went on eBay and bought a load of Imperial Guard ones. I knew I'd use a lot of them. Um, so yeah, I'm really into that part of the hobby now. And did you have any honourable mentions that you wanted to give a shout out to? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I was also um, lucky enough, Dave, to have a model appear on uh, the Warhammer community site as well. Um, yes, when I picked up Commander Farsight. Yes. Um, and, and I agree, Dave. It, it was really cool so we are very lucky to, to, to receive um some models um that we can paint off of the site as well and, and, and i put they, they're up there alongside the the other sort of what the community have put together as well it's great to be part of that sort of community uh, and it was it's really nice to see uh, sort of um far site or your, your own model piece of work on mm. on the games workshop website um so that that that, that was cool um myself and matt we we had some um um, some good results at the Horus Heresy Doubles Throne of Schools mm. event um, not so long ago, um, where we also both of us did very, very well. So we came away with second place in that tournament. And that was my first ever trophy that I'd ever received from um, from a Games Workshop tournament uh, at Warhammer World, uh, the, the second place uh, doubles um, trophy. And we, we, we were just not expecting that as well. I remember me and Matt were sitting next week. The award semis are really, really cool because, you, you know, you get to see everyone go up and, and receive the awards and things you get. And it's a really cool atmosphere. They're all doing drum rolls on the table and things like this. And, and then to get your names called out and, and you, you appear on the projector to go and get your it's a magical experience so yeah we were blown away to receive second place there and we also came with most sporting team at that event as well Mm. um which like you say i mean that 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 that's a really special award there because you know i think i think it's even more important for us because we're not competitive players and we just want to have a fun game of warhammer you know we we don't want to be picking apart rules we just we just want to roll some dice and 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 have fun and and to come away with any spot i mean I, i it's not quite the same level. I came away with um, what's called the most sparkles unicorn, which is basically the most sporting from yeah, um, yeah. our local gaming group. And that, you know, that almost feels like um, winning the tournament because it means it you've had a series of games and the person you've been playing with has enjoyed playing against you. And I think that is, yep. it is the golden rule of this, of what we do, isn't it? And, yeah, it's a real because it because it's very easy, and I mean that that's where these kind of tournaments are very good as well, um, because it's not just about the winning, um, and and the match play tournaments that you can go to at one that they're, they're they're equally as fun, they're really really cool, um, but all of the points are for winning. So if you want to do well in a tournament, which is a a completely you know acceptable goal for a tournament, and, and you you know you can tune your list and take the most powerful combination of units that you can 
you know exploit from your codex and that that's what that sort of tournament is all about i mean you don't have to do that by any stretch but but you're not going to win anything really i don't think no you're not going to place if, if if you don't sort of try and bring your best game to those sort of tournaments mm. whereas the the sort of more casual thrown of schools ones sort of reward players for not just bringing a really really strong list and doing well in games but also those sort of soft scores as well they yeah. reward the time and effort that you spend building your army and and the experience that you have with your opponents during a game so yeah i think you're right david it's nice to win that and i do remember you winning that sparkliest sparkliest yeah. unicorn award a really really cool award to win isn't it <laughs> it is it's, that's that's something so downstairs in in what is kind of slowly becoming my new key cream i've got a big logar print and then on either side flanking it i've got my painting nomination from one world and my painting at my um I know, sorry, I've got two of them with my Sparkly Unicorn and I've got my um, painting nomination from the Sparkly Unicorn as well because I forgot I won that as well, which was which was amazing. Well, to so. be fair, Dave, to be fair, you've done quite well at Purple Sparkly Unicorn events because you've got quite a few wooden spoons as well, haven't you? I've got two of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, yeah. <laughs> no, as, like I say, I'm not a competitive gamer. I'd like to win a, 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 a well, win a trophy at Warmer World, but I've got a long ways to go for that. I need to put a lot more of a competitive head on. Uh, before we wrap up this section, I think we, we should also mention, quite rightly, Matt's top three. Um, his third if, choice... if Matt's top three doesn't include taking a Warhound Titan to a Warhammer World Tournament and not getting it blown up in turn one each game, then I'm sadly it's home. not. It's not. Oh, his top three. It must be an honourable mention, surely. <laughs> well, well, it is now. Um, so his third choice is having a model appear in White Dwarf. So actually, I think this is a, the next level up from Warhammer Community for us, Jay, is to actually have a model in, in, a, in a published. Um... Magazine. magazine. Yeah. So it was his great unclean one. I, I can't remember what year he got that in there. I think it was it was definitely before Spruce and Bruce came along. Yeah. Um, but it's the incredible Forge World. I don't even think he's available anymore. Um, the um, exalted World, one, Demon. wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. And so that's his third choice. His second choice is put the creation of Spruce and Bruce. Yeah. I mean, I kind of use that as my third choice along with Warhammer TV. Um, I mean, we're all friends anyway, but. You, just this brought us even closer together, didn't it? And it's kind of we've all it's kind of great pushed on doing now. this. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, and obviously, you guys listening, you're you're a massive part of that. We wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be recording this podcast about you guys. And honestly, it's super humbling that people listen to us waffle on about the hobby. Um, yeah. so it's it's great. great meeting them as well. We, we meet a oh, lot yeah. of the community at like Games Fest, uh, sorry, uh, Warhammer Fest, and and yeah. different events and things like that. So it's awesome, we've, sort um, of like. When, you, when we meet up with people, like, oh, yeah, we've we've spoken. Uh, this is obviously no guarantee, but we've spoken in the past about doing some sort of community meetup. I think we'll have to do that at some point. I don't know how that'll work, but um, I'm, I'm sure we'll do something in the future. Um, his top choice, though, Jay, uh, was the Heresy Doubles, in which you and him uh, came second and won best sporting as well. Yeah, it was amazing. That was, and like I say, I mean, Matt's won. I think Matt's placed third place in a Throne of Schools event. I think it was an Age of Sigmar Throne of Schools where he came. He with took the dragon, trophy. didn't he? Yeah, um, and, it, and it's. I mean, Throne of Schools is a really cool event because you have to not just do well on the gaming side of thing. You also have to do well on the the other, you know, the other categories. So it's, it, it, you know, there's three things you have to do quite well. And I remember when Matt came third at that age, age uh, Throne of Schools, and that was a few years ago now, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, I was really, really chuffed for him because it's, you know, it's it's not, you know, these events have like 80 or so people. I'm 78 people. I'm, um, and he took that massive dragon. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? The corn dragon. Um, he just took it for fun, didn't he? And yeah, didn't well, think he'd actually do that nah. well competitively. So, so, 
Yeah, he did really well there. And then, yeah, like I say, when we, the, the, when we, the Throne of Skulls, Horror Social Doubles was the first time that, that I'd received a trophy and it, it was really cool with, with Matt there, teaming up with Matt. But, but yeah, Matt's done quite well because he's, he had, um, didn't he get a, um, um, one for his Age of Sigmar where he was representing the Death Faction. Cause he's got a really cool yes. gas trophy, hasn't he? It was the, it was the, uh, oh, it's completely, it was the narrative, um, where we all played, in our different alliances, oh, it's completely gone from my head. He got voted called... like um, favorite deaf player, or yeah, he, he won favorite deaf player, and obviously he got a trophy. Each of the deaf players got a trophy because they actually won the whole event right. as well. Yeah, and um, it was something thought War in Fondia or something like that. Yeah, that's it was right. that was an amazing event. I mean, I was I took um, Skaven, so I was with the Chaos players. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was an awful lot of fun because you had games, but you also had little mini games where you're like collecting gems and you had to do yeah, certain things in the games. Map, yeah, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, Matt did um, do well. well that. I wonder if you forgot about that one. Um, right. I think that brings this segment to a close. We do have one final section uh, to just touch upon before the end of the podcast. That is the community top three, and that's coming up next. And so it is time to read out some of the community top three choices. Uh, we have one over on Facebook, David Anderson. His third choice was actually accepting that some of my pile of opportunity deserved a new home and letting it go. That is really hard. And it's actually something I need to do again very, very soon. Um, I'm definitely going to have to downsize the, the pile. Um, his second choice is expanding beyond games, workshops, games and products for a deeper, more varied hobby experience. We kind of touched upon this in the last segment with like the different sort of paints and different techniques i know my hobby is kind of broadened since i've you know started using two fin coats and um using different kind of hobby websites for stuff for bases and stuff like that and then obviously you've got other game systems as well and um, there are other games other than warhammer to to enjoy um his top choice is attending multiple tournaments this year despite being the opposite of a tournament player much like us david uh, and being consistent with three wooden spoons, he's got he's got one more than me. <laughs> nice uh, one. I need to get another one. Yeah. Uh, and he's put as a little bit of a bonus meeting some of the Sprues and Brews crew in person at January's Age of Sigmar Thronus Schools. It was great to meet you as well, David. Um, over on X, formerly known as Twitter, still can't accept it's not Twitter. Anonymous Rex's third choice is painting three thousand points of slaves to darkness. His second choice is won my first game of Age of Sigmar. And his top choice is hosted a custom Age of Sigmar Soulbound comp- campaign with my mates. Every mini and piece of terrain was painted by me, and it turned out great for my first try being a games master. We've Soul- played oh, around nice. 14 hours so far. That is really cool. And he's posted some really cool photos. And I'm honest, they're ace. Especially like the first one, like the smoke effects. That's really cool. Um, yeah, nice one for that. Um, Peter Allison, in no particular order. Having a great like-minded hobby group and extended hobby friends, picking up a golden demon and getting a model in white dwarf. The best achievements though are always improving in some way. Ricky Kitbash, his top three, won favourite order player at a Warhammer World Path to Glory event. I usually struggle for like points, so this meant a lot. His first Warcome article featuring himself and appearing on Warhammer TV despite nerves. Yeah, it's so cool. I really wish they brought Warhammer TV back. 
Nevermore finished the biggest mini I painted yet in just one week for a store competition, although we didn't win. But that's not the point. You got it done. Yeah. Getting a key for my local gaming clubhouse to running skirmish, skirmish events there. Winning the monthly competition at Two Fin Coats Painting Academy. Oh, nice one. Yeah. And finally, our next Ben the Bear. Second place in 40k Throne of Schools this year. Uh, last year, sorry. First place in Heresy Doubles Throne of Schools this year. So you probably met him, actually, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> and Knight of the Inner Circle Award for Perfect Favorite Game Votes back when events only allowed single favorite game votes in a weekend. Well done, Ben. They're three great achievements, or great achievements from everybody. Uh, what do we have over on Discord, Jay? Uh, so we've got a couple on Discord. Um, Tavendale, uh, number three, was winning our club's annual painting contest held at our local model show in 2022. I'm not a confident painter, so it felt great to get some positive feedback. Yeah, it, it's really cool to get, you know, when you've been working hard on a miniature or a project and to get that recognition, it, it does feel very good. So congratulations. Uh, number two was attending my first two-day tournament in 2022 with a Trogoff army back when Gits were still awful. Went two wins, three losses, but for, but left with the sportsmanship prize. Excellent. Nice one. And then number one, after decades of playing with half-finished forces, finishing got my first fully painted and at that point fully converted army, my Maggotkin in 2021. Yeah, we talked about a bit about completing projects today and it is a good feeling to, to, to do that. So congratulations, Tamandale. Um, and then we've got um, uh, a top three here from JB. Um, but not quite a top three, just a couple of highlights. <laughs> Coming third in the armies on parade at my local games workshop with my Blood Ravens Primaris Force. And then getting a shout out from Duncan on this very podcast for my Bretonian Battle Standard Bearer. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Do you know, you just that's just a lot to memory. I think one of my hobby resolutions this year was to do Army of Parade, and uh, I've not done any of it. Oh, well, you've got a couple of months left, Dave. I don't well, think actually, I can... I, no, there's no army parade now. Is it till the end of the year? I don't know. No, <laughs> you, you, have to, boat. you had to keep along each month, and I've completely not done that. So maybe there's always next year. There's, there's always next year. We'll see. So, so Andy's going to win again, is he, this year with the uh, resolution? Probably, probably. <laughs> um, Jay, I think that actually brings us because I'm actually not sure what the next top three is going to be. So it's going to be a complete surprise. Keep an eye on social media. We'll put all the links. Um, uh, sorry, we'll ask the question on there. Um, so you'll be able to get your choices in to read out on the next podcast. But I think that's it for this episode, Jay. Awesome. Yeah, well, it's been great. I've uh, uh, even though it's been the two of us, Dave. I think it's been okay. Yeah, I think I think it's been all right. I, th- I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us. Hopefully, next time we'll be a, we'll be a full team. Fingers crossed. Um, our thanks again to George from Freestyle Studios uh, for joining us on this week's podcast to talk about Margrave. Again, the link to um, the the game found. Uh, project will be in the uh, podcast notes um, so you'll be able to check that out um, and um, yeah good luck on that campaign um, we'll be back again very soon until then have a great time hobbying bye bye